This week's episode of Life Planning 101 originally aired in 2023. Please enjoy. Welcome to Life Planning 101, brought to you by Smart Money Group and Kennedy Financial Services in Eastland, Texas. Tune in every week as we share important information to help you and your family live life on purpose. Insurance, investments, legacy and tax planning, and much more. All covered now on Life Planning 101. Good morning and welcome to Life Planning 101. My name is Angela Robinson with Smart Money Group and Kennedy Financial Services. Had the honor to uh, join another podcast here recently with a very dear friend of mine who has been uh, doing podcasts. It's called Real Wealth for a few decades now and I uh, can't hold him against him. He lives in Kewaskum, uh, Wisconsin. And yes, he does sound like he's from Wisconsin. And yes, he is a Packer. And I sure was honored to go on the show. And we had the opportunity to visit about uh, business owners, ranchers and farmers. And it was such a great show that I asked, can we combine this and put this into Life Planning 101 for the week? So you've got a treat. I hope you enjoy and make sure you stay tuned each and every week right here on Life Planning 101. Well, welcome, everybody. I've got a special guest for us today. It's a good friend of mine that I probably think I met her maybe 15 years ago and always impressed me. She's a retirement professional, investment professional, estate planning professional. Her business practice is very similar to mine, and uh, she works with her brother, her husband, and has kind of now taken over the business from her dad, who has been kind of in retirement or semi-retirement for a while, but uh, I think it's official now, right, Angela? No, he's still hanging on. I don't think he'll ever give up completely. I mean, his name is Jim, so is that even a possibility for someone with that name? (laughs) Well, I'm on the same path as him, and I guess the thing that really attracted me to getting to know you better was that my daughter's in the business, her name is Angela, and I thought, boy, we're kindred spirits, we need to get to know all of each other. And, but one thing is, Angela is very sharp, and her whole family is very sharp, and they deal with a lot of complex issues because she's from Texas, she's a cowgirl, and between the rodeos, they find some time to help other people and deals with a lot of ranchers. And you know, when you're dealing on the farm, And I know from my own experience, I'm not dealing with Texas ranchers, but I deal with Wisconsin dairy farmers, and they have some very similar issues. They may have a lot of net worth, but usually cash flow is pretty tight because everything goes right back into the farm. And then you have transition issues. You know, how do you treat the family fairly, equally, fairly, not always the same thing. You got people that are involved in the family business, people that are outside it. How do you struggle? How do you juggle all these different you know, struggles and things pulling in different directions to help, first of all, just to clarify your goals. And then number two, to implement those goals can really be a challenge with the dynamics of farmers and ranchers. So Angela, I really appreciate you taking time to uh, share with us some of your perspective, what you've learned and things that people can maybe take something from and go back to their professionals and make sure they're dotting the I's and crossing the T's on their own planning. So thanks for joining us, Angela. Absolutely. And and I'm honored to be asked. Uh, Thank you, Jim. I know there's a lot of kudos. I almost 
wondered if my head's going to fit through the door when I leave here. But uh, it is an honor to be on a show with you because I obviously have spent a lot of time together in study groups and learning about each other's practices. And uh, you guys are just amazing in what you do. And I learn from you every time we're together. So I appreciate it. And I'm humbled by the remarks. Thank you. But uh, we're really excited. You know, I had a guy yesterday I was talking to and we do a uh, radio show as well. And uh, Life Planning 101 is what we call it. And I got a guy on, he says, I, I just don't know how you have time to do that and do all this that you do. And I said, well, it's a love labor. I mean, when you get to help people live life on purpose, you know, you sleep it, you eat it, you think it, you every time. It doesn't matter where you're at. You're always working in your mind. And uh, they say the greatest gift in life is if you can find something you love to do, you'll never work a day in life. Right. And that's what it is for us. So I think you share that passion and it's just a joy to be here. Oh, and that's why I'm never going to retire. I certainly am going <laughs> to redefine what my days look like, but to, to have the knowledge you accumulate over a career and to not share it, believe me when I tell you, you know, when I started in the business, I had knowledge that you could fit in a thimble and to accumulate all that knowledge and not share it and help people, I think would be a mortal sin. So I'm on a mission to help a lot of people as I know you are. And let's just talk about, let's jump into it because you talk about a lot of times the time value of money and share with us what that means. Yeah, so, and we kind of do a, a twist on this. You know, we all know, I say we all know, successful people know the time value of money. Meaning the longer you let your money work for you, the more wealth you're going to have. The greatest investment you can make in your money is time, in other words. And, and you're taught this in school, compound interest, the power of compound interest. It's this magical thing. And so we learned that early on. We kind of twist that up because we know it's important to start early. But you mentioned something very important earlier. Farmers, ranchers, business owners, how much cash they actually have. They don't, right? So the time value money, yep, wonderful thing. Wish I could have it. Can't do it. What do I do about it? And I don't think we look at it from that perspective the right way because, and, and unfortunately, it really is kind of like the um, health industry. If there's not a drug to fix something, then there's really no fix for something because there's no money in it. And I think our industry is a little bit guilty of that, right? Because in our industry, unless there's an ability to manage money, sell a product, you know, make money off of a person, then they're kind of ignored. But it doesn't mean that they don't have some of the same issues, if not bigger issues, different issues that need to be tackled. And we twist that to kind of say it's a time value of success. And are you looking at it from a time value of success, not just your money? So it really doesn't matter where you're at in life, whether you've got a pot full of cash or, you know, you're having a lot of income coming in or you're not. Things are tight. You're reinvesting everything back into your business and your farm and your ranch, whatever that is. If you're not taking the time to kind of stop and look at that, you're maybe compounding in the opposite direction, not in a good direction. I think back to things like the simple concept of the rule 72. And what that is, is you divide the rate of return into the 72, and it'll tell you how many years it takes your money to double. So Absolutely. for example, if you get 9%, divide nine into 72, your money will double every eight years. And the thing that I try to impress on people, because I'm talking about that all the time, is you know if you start at 18, you don't have to put a lot of money away to accumulate a vast sum, mm -hmm. no. you know, but if you wait till you're 55 and you're thinking, I want to retire in the next five or 10 years, you may only have one or less doubles left where at 18, 
you know, you might have 10 or 12 or 15 doubles depending on your rate of return. And it's so much easier to start when you're younger doing a little bit than trying to play catch up when it's later in life. Have you found that to be true? Absolutely. And I, you know, I think we sent a piece over to you guys that we put out there as an editorial, just kind of gives that scenario in cash terms, right? If you've got someone that's starting um, at age 20, you know, putting money back every single month and, you know, they're trying to get to a million bucks, they're going to be saving hundreds of thousands of dollars less out of their own pocket than someone that starts 10 years later. And I think it's true whether it's cash or success like I mentioned earlier, because the leaner you can run your business, the more efficient you can run your business, the less pitfalls and excuse my proper French here, but cow patties, you step in over time. You're, you're going to have a better future ahead of you. It's a compounding future, like you said, because the earlier you get things in the right order, the longer it, it has to be able to work for you. So that's that Texas cowgirl talking again. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah we call well, it cutting your foot. I love it. It's actually called cutting your foot. Did you cut your foot? And I have people say, what do you mean? What are you talking about? So <laughs> <laughs> don't step in it. Now, another thing to be thinking about, because if you're in business for yourself, you know, you look at the statistics and just my own experience, you know, most successful and unsuccessful businesses, everything is tied up in the business. And you kind of talked about some of the pitfalls of success. Well, you know, when you're trying to grow a business, it's really hard to not put every cent and every part of your blood and sweat and tears right back in the business but sometimes it's not that difficult if you make it a priority that we need to have a nest egg outside the business whether or not it's an emergency downturns in the economy whatever it might be having that resource to be able to draw from can help you through the hard times but even long term if you have a family legacy and you want to keep that family in the business i mean this the odds are stacked against you and the reason is because if you don't have liquidity outside the business and you're dependent on that business for your income needs, even after retirement, there might not just be enough cash flow in the business to allow another family member to take it over. And then you compound that with if there's no cash outside the business and you got kids that are outside the business, that's forcing the kids that are in the business to come up with cash to buy those other siblings out. So if you haven't put money aside or have a plan, that could end your legacy when you do, and it might be before you do, because there's no way to transfer it to the family because they're not in a position to handle it. Um, and I'm sure with ranchers, this is probably their biggest struggle is how do we get out of the farm and or the ranch and how do we retire and how do we keep the ranch and the family and with the kids and how do we keep all the kids happy so they want to kill each other? That's <laughs> got to be the biggest issues that you're trying to solve for people. Absolutely. And, you know, and I think you nailed it. One of the things that we try to explain to people and the sad thing is it really, okay, in all these situations, no matter who it is, most people don't look up and realize they've got a problem like that until they're 50 something, 60 something, 70 something, then it's starting to get really long in the tooth. But that's really the truth is they don't look up at 20 or 30 by any means. They're running by the sea of their pants. They probably got two, three kids at home. And uh, they're just dealing with issues as they come in. It's like fire hosing. And so one of the things we've tried to help people do is use Uncle Sam. 
you know, okay, you say your taxes are painful. Let's try to figure out ways not to pay taxes. And rather than Uncle Sam getting that money, you get that money. You know, we have one business we started with just as an example, and they're in the ranching world. They do product. And they started out when we met them, there were three business owners. They had basically zero cash outside of their business. Very successful business, very successful business. But if something happened, went wrong, banks weren't lending, they were in trouble. So we said, yeah, this can be retirement money. But number one, we got to get some cash built up here. We got to get some money. And so over the next three years, we worked and used basically 60% on the dime every time to be our meaning 60% of the money was actually Uncle Sam's going to be going to Uncle Sam to get cash out of the business. And we built a million dollars of cash within a few years. So, you know, you're very much able to do it. The question is, how do you do it? And I think that's where people don't take the time to stop and really explore that idea because cash is king. We know that. And that applies any time in your life. Cash is king. So why don't we put more focus on that if it wouldn't be able to solve more problems? And we don't. Well, Angela, let's take a short break and let's talk about ways people might solve some of these problems and strategies that they can maybe do to get them on the road of having a more secure future by having some of that king cash on the sideline. So please stay tuned. Welcome back as I continue to visit with Angela Kennedy Robinson. She is a financial professional from Texas, West Texas. She's a self-avowed cowgirl and uh, in her spare time is taking her kids to rodeos and having a good time. But in her working career, she is very passionate about what she's doing and helping people preserve their legacy, preserve their businesses, and have the life that they want on purpose. So. Angela, before the break, we were talking about some of the challenges, especially with small businesses. And you know, specifically, we're talking about who you, you're mostly serving, which is ranchers or people related to that whole you know, ranching system, whether or not they're supplying different tools or machinery or whatever, but then also the ranchers themselves. And it's a common thing with most business owners. I mean, there's not a lot of businesses out there that are just flush with cash all the time. No. Um, a lot of businesses take a lot of maintenance and support to keep them alive and to keep them thriving for years and years to come. So, you know, we were talking about before the break, you know, not having enough liquidity. And, and as soon as you talked about those three partners, bankers not loaning money, one of the things I thought is, God forbid one of them would die in a car accident. Absolutely. And there's no cash there. And I know people, they usually put up the cross and say, that's evil, stay away from me with that life insurance stuff. But I'll tell you what, I mean, life insurance is really not that expensive. It is a valuable tool that can do a lot of things. But I look at, you know, I see people that are, businesses are bringing in sometimes millions of dollars and they don't want to spend $100 a month or $200 a month on term, at least to put a Band-Aid on the problem. And, you know, with permanent life insurance, you can accumulate emergency cash for when things get tough instead of having to borrow from a bank. And if banks don't want to loan it to you, now all of a sudden you're out of business. 
What do you find? I know it's always an uncomfortable subject with people because they don't like to talk about life insurance, <laughs> but I got to believe that's a number one solution to at least start the process of having a plan in place to take care of some of those life contingencies. I mean, I think you're right. You know, life insurance gets a bad rap because we always think of that uh, cousin Ned on what movie is it that's trying to sell more life insurance? Groundhog Day. Yeah, Groundhog Day. That's what it is. And it's always the greasy guy that's selling that life insurance. And do you really need it? Well, that's really, it does get a bad rap. But, you know, it's just like your car. Is it going to cause you not to drive one? I mean, we don't like your car salesmen either. They're kind of the same way. But, you know, there's things in life I think you need and there's things in life that you get sold. And I think it's really important that you're working. And I know your clients are working with someone that's looking at your picture holistically and saying, what is it that you need? And, oh, you got too much of this and too little of this. And where can we reallocate resources to make sure that you have all those holes covered? Because, you know, when we're looking at any situation, I mean, we're taught this. We're taught this from financial planning 101 is that you have to have a good foundation because if you don't, everything else is going to crumble as you start to build it or could crumble as you start to build it. And you just brought up a good point. If one of those owners in that company were to die, where's the cash going to be coming from to pay off the spouse? Or is the spouse now an owner in that business with them? And is that something they actually want to have happen? What if there's no spouse? What if there's two children? Hmm. Yeah, things are going to get really interesting. And so you know, I think it comes back to a needs base and goes back to the bigger question of how do you start dealing with all these issues? Because, I mean, I think you and I could sit here and throw out issues over and over and over and over again. And people just roll their eyes, roll back in their head thinking, oh, my gosh, how am I ever going to get there? How am I ever going to get all this cleaned up? And honestly, that's how most successful people feel when we meet them, at least, is they're just yeah. so overwhelmed because years and years of compounding of not taking care of success issues and they got a wreck and now it's like how do we look at this holistically how do we start with the end in mind what do you guys want and then piece it back together and i know for a lot of times and i'm sure you've experienced this where you sit down with the business owner it's like herding cats first of all they're so busy they got so many irons in the fire and i always challenge them i said now how long did it take you? How many hours have you invested in your business to get to where you are? Mm -hmm. You know, is it 100 hours a week? Is it 120 hours a week? And for a lot of business owners, I mean, their life consumes them. I mean, it's uh, run the business and try to get some sleep in between. Right. Um, and I said, don't you think it's worth spending a few hours working on the business instead of in the business? And I always tell people, you know, you've got this journey of where you want to get to your goals, your objectives, your dreams, your retirement, your legacy, all that stuff. You got all these ideas that you may have thought about that you'd like to magically happen, but you haven't done anything about it. And I look at it. Every journey begins with the first step, you yep. know, and maybe it takes us a little longer than we want to, or maybe we get there really quickly, but it all begins with that first step. And you were talking before the break a little bit about how to find money. And one of the things I see with businesses, and so few businesses have taken the opportunity to do this, 
And I look at the rules have been made even easier for this. And that's like setting up a 401k through the business. I see so many businesses with simple plans, SEP plans, because they won't take the time or nobody's taken the time with them to spend some time talking about the 401k. And it's more complex I mean, a simple plan just by its acronym, it's really simple to set up. You do a little payroll deduction and it's all done. A SEP plan, you don't even have to do a payroll deduction. You can wait till October of the following year, write out one check. It's all done. You only have to deal with it. And literally you could spend three minutes or less dealing with that as a retirement plan. And that's just throwing a mindless amount of money into a bucket. And hopefully it's some money that we can use someday. But I look at the 401k, especially for the business owner, it's one of the ways to do the old days, and you probably don't remember this, Angela, because I was just starting my working career when I did this, and I used to do my own taxes. And I think anybody who has themselves as their own professional tax advisor, financial advisor, whatever, you know, it's like lawyers say, if you hire yourself as a lawyer, you have a fool for a lawyer. Yeah. And you need to have other professionals working with you. But at any rate, I used to do my own taxes, and some people I worked with, I knew they made more money than me and they used a CPA. Their tax bill was less than what I computed for myself. And I thought maybe I should go see them. (laughs) And when I went to see them, it was the last year that you could do income averaging. And my income had gone up that year and I was able to go and spread that over prior years. And that saved me like $300. I wasn't making a lot of money at the time, but that paid for the CPA. And then just my current taxes saved me about three grand. This is like 30 years ago. With three grand, you could buy yourself a nice car. Used, yeah. but still a nice car. So at any rate, that convinced me I needed to do that. Well, with a 401k, if you're having a tough year in the business and you're in a low tax rate, you can put the money into a Roth. And then it grows tax-free. Mm-hmm. If you are in a high tax break, then you can do traditional. And then on top of that, There's a lot of other money you can put in, but here's the cool thing about a 401k for a small business owner is you can put loan provisions in there and you can borrow up to 50% to a maximum of 50 grand. So in other words, if you have 100 grand in there, 50% is 50 grand, that's the maximum you can borrow. And guess who you're paying the interest to? Yep. Okay, not the bank. Yep. You're paying it to yourself. And who has to give you permission to borrow it? Yourself. And you usually are going to be pretty good about loaning yourself money when you need it. And when you're in business, instead of paying now with rising interest rates, I don't know why every small business doesn't have a 401k. But I do know why, because they haven't taken the time to sit down with a professional to find out how it could be designed in their situation to be a really good part of a business plan to deal with the good times and the bad times, as well as starting to get liquidity outside the business that could help them if they want to keep the business in the family down the road. They've got cash to fall back on. They're not 100% dependent on what's coming from the business. And that is critical. And if you're selling the business, if you're 100% dependent on the sale of the business and the time isn't right, well, now you're in a very precarious position. 
if you've got other money to fall back on where you're not 100% reliant on the business, it just gives you better options. Absolutely. Um, and, and you brought up something really important in there, Jim, you know, about why are they not doing it? And it's because they're not working with someone. And, you know, I think business owners are notorious for, I got a problem. I'm going to go to the who to solve the problem. In other words, like I have a banking issue, so I'm going to go to the banker. I've got an insurance thing, so I'm going to go to the insurance guy. I've got this, I'm going to go here. And the problem with that is that when you do that piecemeal planning, inevitably, you're going to end up with gaps, overlaps, and you could create bigger issues for yourself than you think you did. I was on a phone call recently with a, a new prospect, and they were telling me that their CPA is recommending that they get into an S-Corp. And I said, oh, okay. Well, I said, well, what's your plans with the business? Are you guys, is there a day that down the road you may want to sell the business? And they said, oh, yeah, it's for sale right now. I said, oh, does your CPA know that? No, no, I don't, th I don't think they do. And the reality is, is when you and I have had conversations about S-Corps are the devil when you go to sell your business. <laughs> but that's for another time, right? The reality with that is it's not about going to the who. It'd be like skipping the general doctor and just go straight to the surgeon and say, I think I need surgery. We get that all wrong. We get that so wrong. And then we end up with bad advice that we're trying to unravel or undo five, 10 years later could end up costing you millions of dollars. And, you know, I think um, for all of the listeners that are your prospects and clients and work with Jim, <laughs> let him help you do that comprehensive look. Because if you don't start with that big picture and paint that picture, you're not going to know the right questions to ask. And you said you're a fool, you know, doing your own stuff. You were absolutely right. The longer you're in the business, the more wisdom you gain. And it's not wisdom that you gain necessarily from just reading more, learning more, but going through experiences with other clients and other families over the years. And how valuable is that to have someone like in your corner in that boxing ring, you know, coming out and asking all of those specialists and professionals those questions because you don't know what to ask them. And it's extremely powerful, especially when you add that up over a lifetime. You know, as you were talking, it just reminded me of this. All the answers to all your questions you can find on the Internet. <laughs> yes, you can. Right? I mean, Even knowledge. If you, if you don't like that answer, just keep Googling it a different way. You'll get another answer. Yeah. But even you can find the right answers, right? But the thing that you don't get from that is wisdom. And dealing with a team of professionals that have been there, done that, they've seen it all as far as the different situations and what the problems are. So tapping into that wisdom can be invaluable. And let's face it right now, I always get a kick out of business owners that are do-it-yourselfers when it comes to all this other stuff. And, you know, I know how it is just getting business owners that are willing to delegate it to me, how hard it is to get their concentration for enough time to even make decisions that are right for them because they don't take the time to figure out all the options. Right. And, um, you know, and I know one of the challenges I have, I'm sure you have the same thing, Angela, is, you know, when I have an initial meeting with people, I mean, they leave. I know I've done my job if their heads are spinning. Yeah. You know, and I and I tell them, I said, I said, this is going to be a funnel. I mean, you've taken 20 years of your life right now. You've invested in all this different stuff and you never had a plan. Okay. Well, and some of the stuff that we ask you, you haven't even thought about yet. So to make sure we've got the right fit, I mean, you use the car salesman analogy. If if a car, if you went into the car lot and he said, come right over here, we got a blue one for you. 
and everybody got a blue one, well, that wouldn't be the right car necessarily for you because maybe you're buying a car that you're going to take out on Sundays for ice cream and you want a convertible and you want it to be comfortable, you want it to be safe, and you are partial to black ones. Well, giving you a blue sedan or a blue truck wouldn't quite fit. You know, so it's asking the questions to have the right vehicle to get you to where you want to go and how you want to get there. And everybody's a little bit different. So the lunchroom advice people get, the advice from other family members, well, it's good to get that input. At the end of the day, you're in charge of your own destiny. So you have to make the investment of time with the right professionals. And another thing you said, Angela, and I can't emphasize it enough, I mean, if you're going in a vacuum to four different professionals that never talk to anybody. Ooh, yeah. You know, you need to either make sure they're talking to each other and making sure that things are being coordinated, or you need to work with someone that has a team put together for you. You just get better results. And, and you know, just before this interview, Angela, you were just talking about that with a CPA and a business owner and an S Corp. And we started talking about it. Now, I will say they went to an S Corp many years ago and it served them well. I mean, it, it was probably the right decision for them based on their business circumstances. Now they're ready to sell. I'm not sure if their CPA was made aware that they were getting ready to sell or not, but we, found that out in going through the questions. And I said to him, I said, we need to get your CPA. We need to be talking to them because I don't know if the S Corp is going to have some unsuspected challenges for us when we sell. I know it's going to limit maybe some of the different options we might have. I think we need to talk to them whether or not we want to continue with an S Corp because we've got some time yet and what the impacts of switching might be or switching back might be. And uh, we had a good long discussion with their CPA just this morning, and we're figuring out what to do with that sale. I've had other business owners that have literally been referred to me, and they had received an offer to purchase, and they just wanted a quick answer, am I going to be okay? Can I sign this? And after going through what we all needed to do, I had it happen twice within a couple months of each other where they signed an offer to purchase, even though I told them not to, because they were afraid that the good deal might not be so good and they just felt they need to take care of it. And one of the reasons they both felt pressured, they both were suffering from burnout and they waited until they couldn't wait to sell the business to sell it. And they didn't take time to put their ducks in a row. One of them right now is trying to back out of it because it was a lousy deal for them. They're being sued. The other one just went ahead and sold it, and as best I could figure in our initial meeting, he could probably safely get about $100,000 in income for the rest of his life without having to worry too much if things are done properly. However, he was accustomed to making $400,000 a year, and I don't think he's prepared for what kind of an awakening that's going to be to cut his current lifestyle to a quarter of what it was wow. is going to have a serious impact. But both of them waited till the last minute and then decided this is too complex. I just want to get it done. I got to get out of this business. So yeah. it's a tragedy. It is a tragedy. And that's unfortunately, in that usually the case is that we see people when they're in that dire mode and you wish they would have started 10 years, 20 years earlier, that time value of doing that is so powerful. And, um, you know, you mentioned about the um, professionals and making sure they're all communicating. And I want to 
elaborate on that a little bit because I had a really big lesson this year just kind of viewing something. We had a huge sale happen and ended up there was a tax attorney, there was a real estate attorney, there was a forensic accountant, there was the bookkeeper, there was the CPA, there was a 1031 exchange agent. There, I mean, there was professionals all over the board on this thing. Insurance agents everywhere. And I kind of watched it to see what would happen with it a couple of times when we didn't step in and say, hey, you need to make sure so-and-so sees that, or that's a question for so-and-so. And even though they were all knew about each other and supposed to be communicating, they weren't. And what I think we have to remember is when you hire a surgeon, that's what they do. They do that really well. You don't want them thinking outside the box when they're operating on <laughs> you want them thinking in the box, in that little space, right? And so it's really important that you've got someone on your team that's kind of that quarterback and making sure that they are thinking outside the box. They're thinking about what is that surgeon thinking about? What is this person thinking about? And, oh, that might need this and that might need this. And I know you guys act in that capacity, Jim, you and Angela and your team. And I think it's extremely valuable. And I think we undervalue ourselves in that role by saying, yeah, you need this team of professionals and they need to be communicating. But even more importantly, you got to have somebody quarterbacking that. You own the team, Mr. and Mrs. Client, but you got to have a quarterback that's making sure the plays are getting called right and can ad lib when necessary because it is really important. But anyway, well, Angela, I really thank you for taking time and sharing your perspective. I know we're kindred spirits. We believe in the same values and how we treat clients. And for those of you listening out here, the professionals that are sending you this program believe in the philosophy of holistic planning and having a quarterback. And if you haven't really sat down with them yet to build a plan and taken that time, hopefully we've encouraged you enough to do that because I'm sure you can relate to what we're talking about. I mean, I've dealt with tons and tons and tons of business owners through the years, and it doesn't matter if they have a big business, a small little shop, whatever it is, there's a couple common denominators. And one is they're working all the time in their business. They don't take time to work on their business. They don't take time to make sure their estate plan is in order. It's up to date. They haven't really defined their legacy or if they have, they haven't shared it with anybody. They haven't taken steps to assure that that has a probability of working out. And it just pays huge dividends when you just take the time to have a plan and it doesn't have to cost a fortune. It's just a matter of setting the priorities and getting them on task. So thanks, Angela. Any last words? No, I really appreciate you guys having me on the show. It's um, like I mentioned, it's an honor to be here. And thinking about all of this as a whole, I really believe that like Zig Ziglar always said, you just help enough other people get what they want in life. You'll have everything you want. And you mentioned that these professionals on real wealth are like that. And I know that they wouldn't be subscribed to what you guys do if they weren't. I want to double down on that encouragement. You know, work with someone, get someone in your corner. It pays off in folds over time. Thank you for joining us for Life Planning 101, brought to you by Smart Money Group and Kennedy Financial Services. If you have questions, you can email them to lifeplanning at kennedy-financial.com. Don't forget to learn how our sister company can assist you with all of your tax, bookkeeping, and consulting needs. You can find out more at briscoeandassociates.com. Be sure to tune in next week for more Life Planning 101.
The opinions expressed herein are those of the firm and are subject to change without notice. The opinions referenced are as of the date of publication and are subject to change due to changes in the market or economic conditions and may not necessarily come to pass. Any opinions, projections, or forward-looking statements expressed herein are solely those of the author, may differ from the views or opinions expressed by other areas of the firm, and are only for general informational purposes as of the date indicated. Securities offered through Calton & Associates Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Smart Money Group LLC. Kennedy Financial Services and Smart Money Group LLC are separate entities and are not owned or controlled by Calton & Associates Incorporated.